Another star wide receiver in the NFL getting his first extension. Big money for Terry McLaurin from the Washington Commanders. We'll get into that, how it affects both the Washington roster and maybe the wide receiver landscape in the NFL. And Twitter Thursday, your Twitter questions. There's some questions about some teams that might implode. Tons of other questions as well about the National Football League all coming up on today's Peacock and Williams. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for checking in with us. If you do not know who we are, I am Brian Peacock, NFL analyst, also the host of Locked On at 49ers here on the network been a fantasy football writer, radio producer, on-air uh, radio guy, many years. That's where I come from in this thing. You know Matt Williamson. You got to know Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, ESPN, Pro Football Network. You've written, you've read his work. He is a podcast godfather at the old, uh, <laughs> old four-letter network. Yeah. When was your first podcast again? Football Today. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I think this is my twenty-fifth season doing this for a living i'm pretty sure and some of those the first four, four three and a half or first four and a half were with teams you know i was a pit for three years akron for the better part of a year and then a season with the browns and we were all let go but since then it's like 20 years in the media and basically involved in podcasts every step of the way before people even knew what podcasts were i mean one of my favorite stories good buddy ross tucker he they approached him after we had some turnover with the Football Today podcast, and this is probably, wow, 15 years ago. Hey, Ross, do you want to do a podcast with Matt Williamson? And his answer, and he'll tell you this to this day, I really respect Matt's work. Yeah, I'd love to work with Matt, but what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> now he's got like this conglomerate Ross yeah. Tucker football podcast. Yeah, right. Now he's a podcast monster. That's hilarious. Mobile, I love how yeah. these jobs and careers intertwine. And I love the story about how Daniel Jeremiah took your office I like to think so. He like moved, he moved in when I moved out. Yeah, yeah. He got hired uh, <laughs> as part of the staff after you got fired there in Cleveland. Pretty interesting. Um, a lot of staffs got fired in Cleveland, Matt. So you can't oh yeah, be mad about that one. <laughs> no shame in it whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Let's talk Terry, Terry McLaurin here, who has been newly re-upped by the Washington Commanders. We're talking about a three-year extension, seventy million dollar overall contract, twenty-eight million of that in the signing bonus. 53 million guaranteed. And according to the numbers I saw from Adam Schefter, that's over 75% of that contract guaranteed 76.4% of, of it guaranteed or something like that. So it works out to about a, a $23.3 million annual contract for Terry McLaurin. That'll take him through the uh, 2025 season. So that extension kicks in in 2023, 24 and 25 for Terry McLaurin who will turn 30 in 2025, um, most of the other deals are are a little bit lengthier, Matt. Do you think this is about McLaurin betting on himself to get to that next contract before he's 31, 32 years old? Yeah, maybe. I hadn't thought about it from that angle, but you might be 100% right there. Um, there's a big group of these guys that by NFL standards haven't made a ton of money yet from that draft class. Amazing wide receiver class, and a lot of them are day two picks, um, and he's in line. I think he's phenomenal. I, I mean, him and DJ Moore to me are 
well-known, well-respected, high draft picks, but I don't know that the general fan realizes how good they are. I mean, if they were Chiefs or Packers or whoever, I think they would be second-round fantasy picks, not fourth rounds. You know what I mean? I think McLaurin's a true number one, and I don't throw that term around loosely at all. He's a deep threat. He attacks all levels. And I remember him coming out of Ohio State. One of his claims to fame then was he was an elite special teams player. Well, Washington's saying, well, you're done with that. But you know, it just shows some of his background and toughness and competitiveness, yeah. you know? He was one of the oddest prospects because he was. he was good. And for some reason at Ohio State, the quarterbacks were getting drafted high and the wide receivers getting overlooked a little bit, even yeah, though they were yeah. so talented. And, you know, the target percentage wasn't high for him. But you saw the speed, tough player. He was a big time special teams guy. And, and he falls as far as he did in the draft. And it was just an absolute steal because, oh, yeah, he can play ball, too. And we've seen yeah. it with Ohio State wide receivers now who have been better pros than college players. And it's been kind of the opposite for the Ohio State quarterbacks. And so we'll see if Justin Fields and, and next year there's C.J. Stroud can uh, can sort of buck that trend for Ohio State. But, I, by the way, you mentioned D.J. Moore. He might be the best deal as far as wide receivers go out there, because I agree with you, one of the more underrated receivers mm-hmm. in the NFL, and he got signed to his extension, you know, a year earlier before some of these guys in the following draft, before the wide receiver money kind of exploded this. Yeah, offense. I bet he's second guessing things a yeah. little bit right now. <laughs> yeah, we should have bet on myself one more year. And he's <laughs> so good. But yeah, a little bit of anonymity with Terry McLaurin and um, and and. DJ Moore and some really talented players because they haven't had as many playoff games and mm-hmm, uh, right. you know uh, as, as much flash maybe and, and are not as well known as the Debo's and the AJ Browns and the DK Metcalfs of the world. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think Washington has a pretty solid offense now. I mean, Wentz aside, we've talked a lot of Wentz, and I think he gets a little bit of a bum rap for what how things went down. And I'm not there with his leadership and whatnot, but I do think he's better than what they've played with pretty much through the McLaurin era. I think it's a pretty solid O-line. Logan Thomas is a middle-of-the-road tight end, getting up there in age, but, I mean, he's fine. The, the stable of backs now, however they decide to deploy them, could be, you know, a, 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 a good group, a potent group. I mean, it's depth there as well. But I like the pass catchers. I mean, the receivers, if, if you go, you know, I think Samuel uh, – um, What's his face, Samuel? The other Ohio State kid that's there. Uh, Curtis 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 Samuel Samuel. is a much better player than – he's just kind of out of sight, out of mind, but he can be a real weapon. I know Denami Brown didn't light the world on fire or Gandy Golden, but those guys are still in the mix as like fours and fives. And and then Dotson, I think, is a really good addition too. So I think they have a really strong stable of pass catchers. Yeah, McLaurin, Dotson, Curtis Samuel, you can really see how the the styles and, and what they're best at fit in. And sit, Curtis Samuel can be a little bit more of the gadgety guy. Then you got Diami Brown, the third rounder from the year before, who I really liked, who's more yeah. of an outside downfield guy that you can filter in. So you've got a lot of different styles, not a lot of size, but a lot of different styles there right. and, and definitely a lot of athleticism and speed with that group. So it all comes down to the quarterback on offense. And if the offensive line can hold up and, and protect Carson Wentz, keep him healthy and obviously run the football, the, the offense took a big step forward on paper this year and the defense should be just better by running it back and trying again right 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 and what we I'm saw last year and expecting more out of the washington defense so a real wild card team in the nfc east is the washington commanders yeah i mean culturally ownership i mean they're hard to trust and it's hard to get around those things i mean you don't just build winners overnight but i like their roster more than i have in recent years 
I asked this question on Lockdown 49ers, and I want to ask you the same question, Matt, because Debo Samuel obviously has had that contract dispute with the 49ers, and he should be getting paid hopefully in the next couple of weeks here before training camp. And I think, you know, seeing an A.J. Brown contract, seeing a Terry McLaurin contract just helps, you know, both sides figure out where the money should be. So for Terry McLaurin, $23.3 million, I'm guessing Debo Samuel is going to be asking for more than that. Uh, both of McLaurin and Debo were a little bit older prospects coming out. So both of yeah. them are going to be in that, you know, later 20s range, whereas DK Metcalf still 24 years old and A.J. Brown still on the younger side of things as well. A.J. Brown got 25 per year, but there's that bloated final year of the contract, which which mucks things up a little bit there mm-hmm. with the numbers. So if you had to rank those receivers from that 2019 draft, who do you think is going to end up getting paid the most? We kind of know that now AJ Brown getting a little bit more than Terry McLaurin, even though uh, basically Terry McLaurin's contract is similar for the first three years, but he doesn't have the bloated fourth year to make that go up to 25 million per year. I like that. I like that question because I was going to approach you as something similar. Let's do this. There's three of them out there still looking for contracts. Deontay, DK, Debo, and McLaurin just signed. If I were to rank them in value, I think Deontay's clearly four. Do you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, I think that one's pretty easy. Good player. I would still pay him, but he'd be less than these guys by 10%, 20%, Which whatever is, it, the heck it is. Deontay's going to be hard, the hardest contract because he's going to want something similar, and I don't know if I'd pay that. So that one might be right. tough. He has to get that in free agency and play it all the way out. He may get franchised and then be sent on his way or traded if things go wrong or who knows, you know, especially if they keep developing guys. So I think his is a little stickier. Debo versus DK versus McLaurin to me is really hard. I mean, they honestly, all three would be on the exact same tier. I think, and I'm going to dance around the question a little bit. <laughs> Debo's the most valuable for the Niners. Um, if Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson was my quarterback, DK would be the most valuable. I mean, because of the deep ball prowess and, you know, the running skills and opens things up for that deep ball. Pure football player, like if I knew everything I knew about those three, they're coming out of college. Matt, write a scouting point, put a grade on them. I think I put McLaurin first. Oh, really? Barely. He's the least freakiest, but he has the least holes. And you're not including A.J. Brown in this? I didn't, no. A.J. Brown would be first for me. He'd be number one? Okay, yeah. 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 And and that's where I think the 49ers are probably arguing that Debo should be in between McLaurin and A.J. Brown. Plus, there's that funny money year. The 49ers, 49ers, unlike a lot of teams, don't live in that dead money zone. They don't Mm -hmm. like – they've had the fewest – I think the least amount of dead money in the league over the last 10 years or so. That's Hmm. just the way – uh, that's the way they do business. So I think they would rather do something closer to the Terry McLaurin contract and leave out that extra bloated year than do something where they know they're going to have dead money and have to cut them after three years. And then that, that leaves you the opportunity to re-sign the guy instead of having the like restructure or whatever else happens at the end of a contract because A.J. Brown's not going to see the 40, $38 million a year probably at in, in year four of his contract. Uh, Tyree Kill's not going to see the $40 million year four or five, whatever it is of his contract. So the numbers aren't really the numbers. So the, the contracts are really similar. So I think 23.3 is, is closer to it, but I think Debo will get more than Terry McLaurin. They're probably arguing about uh, guarantees. And I think DK is going to sign last and get the most out of all. And that's, that's the way I think it'll go. It's tough though. Cause Debo had the best single season last year of all right. these guys, but the rest of them have been more consistent. Terry McLaurin has had almost- the best career. 
yeah, McLaurin was almost a thousand yard guy as a rookie, nine, 919 right. yards, then was 1100 and then a thousand again. So just remarkably consistent his three years in the league. Uh, DK similar. DK had a bunch of touchdown catches on top of it. AJ Brown, you know, some injuries, obviously, but um, uh, more consistent as well. And Debo kind of sputtered at the beginning, banged up a little bit and then had the monster year. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to rank those guys. And in the end, they probably should be like all right, exactly in the same tier, just with a little bit different skill sets. Yeah. And I'm sure if you're them, Again, Deontay kind of the side. I want to be the one that signs last. You know, if you can give me a smidge more than the guy in front of me and I take a smidge more than him, you know, there's some pecking order to that. That's more of a quarterback thing, but I still think it's relevant. I'm sure you've given this more thought than I have with Debo, but he reminds me a little bit of the Lamar contract where, you know, I know that wide receivers don't get eight-year deals, but I don't know that he'll be the same at the end of the contract that he'll be at the beginning of the contract because he relies so much on his physical gifts. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and he wants fewer carries to keep yeah, him healthier yeah. so he can get to that next contract, which is, you know, makes a lot of sense. But maybe if the 49ers can up the guarantees, that makes him feel better. And if he's got guaranteed dollars, then they don't have to worry. That fixes the problem. They don't have to worry about how he's used because he's got the guarantees in his contract. So mm-hmm. that's probably some of the bargaining issues going on there. Um, DK is, is just the freakiest. And I think I know. Gonna... I was going to bring him up again, yeah. too. No, One gonna... quick DK question for you. Okay. If you were Seattle and Green Bay, Indy, or Baltimore called you, you know, good teams, you know, and said, you can have our next two first round picks for DK, would you say yes? <sighs> Because you got to pay them, and you're not good. Yeah, with, with the way with the way the the roster looks right now for the Seahawks, I I'd probably trade them. Yeah, I think I would too. Take with that those deal. picks, but I don't think they're gonna do that. I think they think they're gonna contend. And I wonder if DK Metcalf, if you're if you're DK, I, I don't know if you'd want to sign right now with the Seahawks. You might want to play this out a little bit. Because you Trade might deadline might come around and they have one win or two wins, yeah, or, if you know, you sign and it's a disaster season. Is that what you want to lock yourself into? And then you're not tradable because your contract and your signing bonuses and the dead money you can't, they couldn't possibly trade you after you've signed your contract for the first couple of years. So maybe you want to see this thing through one more year played out, and then maybe you get even more money later if you bet on yourself. Chances are, even including draft picks next year, no matter where DK would go, would probably be an upgraded quarterback. Yes, uh, if yeah, it's it's looking that way. Depending on mm-hmm. what happens here, if you know, maybe Baker. I think Baker Mayfield be a nice fit with DK Metcalf. I do too. That happens. That you know, he's got a good deep ball. Enjoys mm-hmm. throwing it deep. You know, give him some shots. But I think you're right. So DK, maybe play that one out a little bit, and then, and then you'll you know the money will be there as long as he doesn't have some huge injury, which is obviously right. a big part of it for all these guys. But he's so young, he can sign a four year deal, still be before thirty before he signs his next one. Right, good point. And he's gigantic. Oh, by the yeah. way, you know? <laughs> he might not age great. Either. A little bit of a stiff athlete, you know. Flexibility could wane for him. And if yeah, he doesn't have that, that speed, maybe you know, if he because he doesn't quite have the looseness of other bigger bodied wide. You know, he's not like To as far as like a little bit of looseness in his body. It, you know, uh, David Boston could he have that sort of end of his career? Mm-hmm. Remember, David Boston was just as well. David Boston was a oh. different. Dude, like PEDs or something going on there. It was 240 pounds all of a sudden. He was a bodybuilder. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> they played but football on the side, yeah. Yeah, probably body-wise, that's the closest comp we've seen for DK. And you know, a little bit more stiffness there, and his career uh, ended pretty abruptly. The reason I didn't mention him with Debo in terms of you know potentially falling off a cliff, because he has rare gifts as well, is I was thinking of 
um, Marshall. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. He's yeah. also bigger than people thought. He was like right. 230, 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. And at the end, he couldn't run, but he won on body positioning. And Metcalf's not great at that yet, but if he can develop into a, a, a rebounder, I think he, he could play a really long time. Yeah, he's good at it because of his size, but he's not great at it as far right. as like, just footwork and, and being that that you know basketball. Out. Right, right. All right, we got to move along here. Let's get into some of the Twitter Tuesday questions. Which team in the NFL might implode this year? We might have talked about one of them already. Let's get to that next. But I want to let the folks out there first know about Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't spend that fifty percent markup, a hundred percent markup, paying twice as much as you should be for auto parts from a chain store or the car dealership. There's so many things that, and I've learned this with rockauto.com and parts that I would never have ever attempted to fix on my vehicle. And it was ended up being super easy. And I saved hundreds of dollars talking about a $40 part versus taking your car into the dealership, getting, getting paying more for the same part and the labor on top of it. And they might not even have it in stock. So your car is not working for a week or whatever it is. Ordered it Rock Auto, shipped it to me quick, put, slapped that thing on there. Good to go. I mean, it was amazing how I was able to do this and kind of surprised myself. And Rock Auto has been doing this for 20 years. Family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over two decades now. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer, professionals, and do-it-yourselfers alike. Every kind of part you could ask for, big parts, small parts. Uh, for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump. $350 plus from a chain store, only $216 from rockauto.com. So go explore their easy-to-use website. Find solutions for your auto part needs. An amazing selection at rockauto.com. Go there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making a Peacock and Williamson your First, listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out all the rest that the network has to offer, including the Locked On NFL Podcast and the Peacock and Williamson's uh, YouTube feed is on the Locked On NFL channel. So make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On NFL channel to get Peacock and Williamson and a ton of other great content here on the network. And your team is covered, by the way, no matter the sport on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Matt. Marine Mom asks, uh, are you guys doing a fantasy football league this year? We had a, a listener league. Was it last year or the year before? Or have we done it two years straight now? Uh, just one. I think okay. it was just one. But we did definitely had it last year. Um, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think I, we should. I, I wasn't happy with how I performed. Oh, yeah, league. Well, I mean, I need to show have a better showing. Just a poor performance from Team Williamson. That was that was <laughs> bad. That was. I think we have to do another league just so you can show the listeners that you know what you're talking about when it comes to fantasy football. Right. Maybe they should they're going to start tuning out those episodes if they see <laughs> that effort again. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than up for it. We need to figure out the parameters. Who gets in? Is it the same group as last year? I mean, there's a lot of people got left out. I mean, I think the champ has to come back. Yeah. I don't think you or I is going to be the commissioner. Yeah, first, I'll be the commissioner. <laughs> okay. First invite goes to the champ, and then we'll open it up to the rest of the listeners there. So. Okay. And maybe we should make it fun and be like, write us four sentences why you deserve to get in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and here's my PayPal account. Yeah, we, we need some phone <laughs> numbers. We need people. We need to call some people and verify. Uh, you know, some. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I like it. How about I was this just question about implosions? By the way. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, a couple of listeners going negative. One and kind of the same question from two different listeners. One says, uh, Jason said. 
which team is getting more off-season love than they deserve. And Jared, or Gerard, uh, just flat out says, what team has the best chance of a colossal implode? Okay, so I've been giving this a little thought because I thought we'd have a little talk about this. And I'm avoiding the Bears and the Texans and the Jets. I mean, teams that have not been good or not expected to be good. It's not an implosion if you don't expect them to be good. Right. I mean, if Seattle wins four games, that's not an implosion. And Mm -hmm. I'll tend to avoid teams with stable, good quarterbacks and highly respected winning head coaches. But I'm going to go against that rule a little bit because a couple names of teams I came up with goes against that. And I came up with four names. Tennessee, what if Derrick Henry gets old? What if Tannehill is old? And I don't know that their line's great. Are we counting on Woods and Burks right out of the gate? I mean, in terms of injuries. So that's one. That's a good one. I mean, they yeah. were the one seed in the AFC last year. So. Right, right. Yeah. Nowhere to go but down. And there, I, I could see that. I didn't think of that team right off the top of my head, but that's a that's a fantastic pick. Okay. Um, Dallas. And my hesitation there is I think Dak is really, really good and better than we thought last year. I don't really trust McCarthy, though, and I think their roster is worse now than it was then. So you're telling me in the offseason next year, the storyline will be Dallas Cowboys sending draft picks to the Saints for the yes. rights to Sean Payton. Yes, Okay. I'm predicting that no matter if they will go 17 and 0 win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think Jerry's already got that figured out. Okay. Okay. This one again is blasphemy because I think they have a good quarterback and the best coach. I think the Patriots roster stinks. I mean, and by implode, I don't mean that with the first pick in the draft, New England takes Will Anderson out of Bama. I mean, maybe picking in the top 10, you know, picking eighth or something. Like, you know what I mean? It's hard to. It's hard to pick the Patriots as a team that can completely fall off because even with not great rosters, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick has proven that he can keep the team afloat. So I would be shocked if they're very far under 500 or really under 500 at all. But I think their competition has gotten better. Right, like the Dolphins. And their roster is just not good. No, so, right, right. I mean, it's coach of the year type stuff just to have a 10-win season, right, for the Patriots. I mean, that Absolutely. is – it's unbelievable if they're able to do that, but I think that's what's going to be a nine win team, you know? Uh, but if they're winning like five, six, seven games, yeah, maybe it'll start to be the, the beginning of the end for Bill Belichick there. And, and maybe it should be the beginning of the end for Bill Belichick, the GM anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I thought it was coach of the year stuff to get that team to the playoffs. I mean, they were one of the worst playoff teams right. or the year before when the whole team opted out, they went seven and nine and Brady left. I mean, that's yeah, coach of the year stuff, you know, that was, that was, it was amazing, right? It's if amazing. If, if, if that season, the first without Brady, and now they've got a second-year quarterback, and so mm-hmm. I think this they're potentially better now than they were that season, and and they were only a, a they only got down to what nine losses. So right, um, I mean they don't have a low floor, but we might look at team and be like maybe it's time I mean, for change. A bounce here or there because they're winning even when they're winning seven games that year they're winning close games. So a bounce mm-hmm. here or there. You know, uh, Belichick starts to show his age a little bit, you know, at all. Some cracks somewhere. Uh, Mac Jones gets hurt or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it could it, it could implode. That's that's not a bad one at all. I'm sure there's some listeners going, well, if you're going to go down that road, Williamson, you should at least mention the Steelers. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Their quarterback could be a disaster. Their O-line could be a disaster. Key injury or two, you know. But I'm, I don't I, think their floor is low. I think the 49ers and the Steelers are in the exact same boat because there's – Potential at quarterback, mm-hmm. young quarterback. How good is that young quarterback? We don't know. 
that could go a lot of directions, but the rest of the team you would think is a contending roster. Mm -hmm. So that should keep a young quarterback afloat, both well-coached teams. Right. But you could see where, okay, we have Super Bowl aspirations, but we have a quarterback who's, you know, combined. If you're talking about Kenny Pickett and, and Trey Lance, if Pickett ends up starting games for the Steelers and winning that job, you're talking about combined two NFL starts. Right, right. right. Between the two quarterbacks. In two years. So, and, yeah, yeah right, you can right. have Super Bowl aspirations, but not many quarterbacks who have started two games or less in the NFL have, have gone a long way. If I had to pick one implosion team, though, and this is sort of low-hanging fruit, I think it's the Browns. Got to be the Browns. That was the first team yeah, that comes yeah. out. Yeah, because they have just the, the cloud over the organization exactly. right now. It's just bad vibes. Even and, if it's a six-game suspension, it could right. be a disaster season. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think they're similar to where the 49ers and the Steelers are, where the, the roster's pretty good, aside from just, you know, who knows what's going to happen at quarterback. No idea. Mm-hmm. And, and and then bad mojo on top of it for the Browns. I mean, I've had questions from Browns fans along the lines of, I refuse to root for this team anymore because I don't condone their way of doing yeah. business. What should I do? We talked about this with the, with the the at the beginning of the week with the worst trade in NFL history. Talk about the Herschel Walker stuff. Vikings fans, when they traded for Herschel Walker, weren't like, well, I'm never rooting for this team again. You know, I thought they were in the Super Bowl. Even though it was a bad trade, at least (laughs) that didn't happen. They still had their fan base. The the Browns are losing fans. Yeah, right. uh, It's just a disaster over there. And it's got to seep into the the vibe of the locker room, too. And I'm sure it's laying on front office staff and coaching staff. And even when you saw that uh, press conference where it's um, Barry on one side, Stefanski on the other side, Deshaun Watson in the middle, they – their face, just looking at their faces, especially Stefanski, is like they kind of felt uncomfortable about the whole mm-hmm. situation. So I don't think they were even sure about it themselves. It might have been more of an ownership-driven move. The more I think about it, and I think Stefanski is a good X's and O's guy. He was coach of the year two years ago, and he would have got my vote that year. But he's not Belichick or Tomlin or Shanahan. Or I mean, you know, can he paddle the the ship through that storm? I don't know. Last year mm-hmm. wasn't a ring endorsement, right? And who knows? Maybe at some point in the future we'll talk about him in those terms. But right now, you know, there's maybe. no record to believe that he's mm-hmm. you know, going to be in that tier of coach right. okay we've got to move along more questions here a uh, good question about the london game uh jags and broncos at wembley stadium coming up this year but i want to let the folks know first about bet online you could bet on tons of future nfl action at betonline.net your number one source for betting needs and sports information and i was looking at some uh, recent over-unders and some of the, the latest lines here from Bet Online, And they've got week one, week two spreads already up. Like we, we can start making, they don't have every game from what I can see, but there's a lot of games. Like we can go through and, and make picks versus the spread already for the week one schedule. It's crazy. The only one, the only weeks that there's no lines yet is week 17 and 18. That's far how far ahead of the game they are right now. Uh, I'll throw this one by you real quick, Matt. Do we have Steelers? We do not have Steelers lines yet in week one. Okay, never mind. Okay, okay. We got a week two Steelers. You're talking about an implosion for the New England Patriots. They're visiting Pittsburgh. The Patriots favored by one and a half at Pittsburgh in week two. Who you got? Mm, I think I'm taking the Steelers at home on yeah, that one. I'd yeah, take one and a half points with the home team Steelers there week two. All right. We're, that's I think the Steelers right. are only favored in like five games this year right now. It's a very small number. Uh, it's a weird team. It is. It is. It is. I can't get behind the Trubisky Steelers, I got to say. But if you are, you can bet on the Steelers and probably get some pretty good odds for them to win the next Super Bowl. 
So go to the website, use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and action at Bet Online, not just football, Major League Baseball, fights, celebrity boxing, esports, live betting, Vegas casino games at Bet Online, where the game starts. Matt, I want to go to this question about uh, the game at Wembley. This is from Niner Overseas. Let's see where Niner Overseas lives. He's somewhere in England over there. And uh, he says he's taking some buddies and trying to spread the gospel of the NFL uh, across the pond. He says, just booked my tickets for Jags versus Broncos at Wembley, taking five friends who don't watch much NFL. (laughs) Quote, will this be a good game? They asked. What can I tell them without lying? (laughs) (laughs) I hope to get over there sometime for a, 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 a game like that. I yeah. mean, and I know the Steelers are due and the beat writers will go. And uh, my co-host on my Steelers show has done it. And I've had some fans and friends that have gone over for it. Side note. I mean, uh, you know, we were on the beach last week with my family and we were talking about if you could go anywhere in the world, where do you want to go? And we pretty much came to consensus Europe, you know, like, so I'd love to get over there in general. But my aunt went and some people I know have been there, as I mentioned, And one thing you'll expect is a lot of positivity. Everyone's just happy to be there. And it's not Eagles fans hating Cowboy fans or any of that. And everyone said, you'll see every jersey in the stands. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just NFL fans. They don't really care about the product as much. You know, this isn't a good game to go to. Or, you know, they're just excited to see it. And I I think it'd be a blast. Uh, Yeah, I liken it to when... For um, because this isn't somebody traveling. This is where they already live, right? And they're going to the game that's coming to yeah. them, kind of. So for me, it's like when I go to, much. yeah, like when I go to a, a soccer game or something, you know, or when like um, the the cup, you know, the the World Cup is happening or something, and there's some games nearby, and it's it's a sport I don't follow, but it's this big event and it's fun, and and you know, so I'm sure any NFL game will be really cool. You know, I would say school them up on the game if they're not big NFL fans. So they know what they're watching more than anything and, and really focus on the quarterbacks. Russell Wilson already store star quarterback in the NFL on his new team. You know, can he lead those Denver Broncos to, uh, to the promised land, which is what they hoped when they were trading a bunch to go get Russell Wilson. And then, you know, the, the up and coming stud, generational quote-unquote quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and a new coaching staff in Jacksonville. And I know they're, the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of slowly building a little bit of a fan base over there because they've had so many games. And so can you uh, can you prove that you're a team that can capture an entire country, right, with this star young quarterback with flowing hair? You know, can you be that team that that gets people excited? So that's probably the angle I would, I would go to uh, when I was trying to talk my friends into going to that football game. So – my daughter is 13, has zero interest in my profession or football at all. It just so happens her teacher is engaged to a Steeler preferred free agent. So she Ooh. came home from school the other day. My, what's this, how does this guy make it? You know, at best, he's going to be a practice squad dude, you know? And so I had to explain sort of that to her. And it got me thinking through this lens, like, if I had never seen football, you know, like if, if I didn't know what cricket was, I went to my first cricket match. What would strike me if I had never seen football, if I didn't watch it since I could crawl, what would be my first impressions? You know, you mentioned the quarterbacks. Like, I think I would be amazed how well a human being can throw a ball that size. I know I'd be amazed by how many people are on the field at once. 
and how big and fast and violent they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, fast, violent. A lot happens in a short period of time if you're not an NFL right. fan, so that's why it's easier to focus on one thing and know what you're looking at before the play starts rather than just watching it go and falling the ball. You're like, what the heck just happened? Uh, and, yeah, that's a good one, too. Go out and throw the football around with your buddies. Then when you go, and, and that's usually the most imp- – because you see it on TV all the time. It doesn't really – register but when you see an nfl caliber arm in person you're like it's unbelievable wow when you see him throw that deep out how the hell is that even possible when you're throwing around this pigskin with your buddies you can barely chuck it 40 yards in the air and you see this rope that these guys can throw it's pretty impressive yes and to take a step further and i've said this many times over those 25 years that we opened the show you don't understand how big and hard an nfl ball is until you get your hands on one or have to catch it and I'm not going down the flake gate road, but taking a little air out of it sure makes it easier. It, it definitely does. It, it doesn't hurt. Um, and my experience was I would go out to practice. I'm the young guy. I'm new. I'm going to be the first one out there. I'm energetic. I got my button up on and my khakis and, you know, my orange shoes. And Jeff Garcia, who's like the weakest arm quarterback in the league, is looking for someone to warm him up. Hey, dude, catch a few balls with me. Sure, Jeff, I'll help you out. He's throwing... 30% maybe. I mean, he's soft tossing and I thought he was going to knock my teeth out of my face. <laughs> you know, I'm just defending myself. Here's a question that's impossible to answer, but I'm going to read it anyway. We got it earlier in the week from Lake Geneva 91. He says, Matt and Brian, who are the top scouts in the NFL who should get credit for advising their GMs to draft particularly great players who were under height? Uh, I would say the yeah. first part of that's impossible to know. Like, it's impossible I, to know. It is impossible to know who the good scouts are behind the scenes. And you hear yeah. these guys in the in the GM cycles, right? And it's always like Ryan Poles. I didn't know Ryan Poles was on the right. GM hot list, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, I was getting interviews. I just got hired as GM. But people around the league know these guys, right? And and teams aren't trying to lose really good people. So they're not like hyping them up. And there's no scorecard anywhere. Like, it's the most secretive process in the world, the NFL drafts. You never get any information about who's doing what and who's choosing who and, and who teams even like. So that's that's like impossible to answer. So I, I wanted to answer that question just to talk about how how little teams are allowing other people to know about what's going on in their building. Right, right. They don't have a Twitter account to follow or on social media. I just left LSU and gave this guy this grade. And, you know, it's not like Mel and Todd. You can go back and say, here's your misses. Here's your wins. You know, I mean, there's nothing verified, you know. And and, and fans love to go at analysts and say, look at this. You thought this guy was going to be a bust and he was great. It's like, (laughs) oh, you found Go f- go look at what actual GMs do, and you'd be appalled at how bad they are <laughs> sure. as well. Because you don't get to see their entire draft board; you just can see the one player they pick. Um, so, and they have a huge advantage over Mel and Todd, where oh, yeah. we need a nose tackle, and I have a great nose tackle coach. I'm going to plug this guy in there. I mean, Mel and Todd are like generic; have to keep every 32 teams. They could be right on guys that just landed in the wrong spot. Oh, the amount of information background that teams get that we have no idea about them scary off a player or you know this guy's got the work ethic and you believe in him that might play up his grade a little bit for you on your draft board and still they make a ton of mistakes so uh it's pretty amazing but yeah that's that's really hard um but the second part of the question what do you think matt you've been in this situation you've been in front offices right like you 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 know how how a, a team operates um from a certain perspective um and i, I know they're remarkably valuable and i know every team is is different but like they are. You know, who gets credit for advising their gms to draft particularly play, great players who are underhyped i mean the area scouts the 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 later the draft goes the more important 
the the de- the depth of your front office roster. Yes. Is, right? yes like the yes, area yes. scouts finding the guys they love and you, nobody could draft them, but they're this guy that they've been pounding the table for and you're on the phone with them and you've got this, um, you, you know, you've, you've got this rapport with this prospect that you've, you know, scouted for a while in your area and you're talking to him on the phone as the draft's ending and trying to get him signed as an undrafted free agent. Like that kind of stuff at the end of the draft, day three is where the scouts really make their money and the GMs, you know, a little bit more of the, you know, and the head coaches are more involved with the earlier picks in the NFL draft for the most part. And some GMs lean on their staff. Some GMs are like, okay, I'll take your stuff under advisement, but this is my show. Nobody else is making any draft picks here. This is me. Exactly. Again, every organization is vastly different. Like it was well known back in my scouting days that the Patriots scouts had no say at all. They just gathered the numbers and the data and the background, give it all to Bill and his two or three guys. And they sorted through it. They really didn't think, you know, they didn't care about Matt's opinion of how he changes direction or how he runs zone. You know, they'll figure that stuff on their own. Just give me the data. Um, the Steelers are the opposite. I know this one better because they have the same scouts for a million years and they trust them. And uh, the thing I noticed immediately as a new scout was how much I didn't know. And it comes down to relationships. You know, if you bring donuts into Auburn for 40 years in a row and you know the right people to talk to, even when there's turnover and the right secretaries and security guards and all that stuff. And I always bring it back to the Steelers, but I've said this 8,000 times since the Steelers drafted Pickett, who played in the same building, you know, not just even, I mean, every day, it's all about information. Scouting is about information. You're a private detective as much as you are as a talent evaluator. And there's no team in the entire league that drafted a player that they knew more about than the Steelers with Pickett, you know, so that in itself is very comforting, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Area scouts even more so now because of how much tape and how much information is available for the decision makers. Area scouts are as much private detected, private detectives as they've, as they've ever been. And, and it's always been a big part of it. It used to be the only way to watch the tape was to go into the buildings. Yeah. You know what I mean, scouts have to go watch the tape. And you can't even take it out. You got to watch it there and right. you make your report and you come back. Yeah. You ask around the room, do we want to watch Auburn or LSU? I'll put LSU in. No, I don't watch Auburn, you know, and put a chew in spit, bleh, you know, <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic stuff. All right. We're out of time here. There's a bunch of good questions. Apologies if we did not get to yours, uh, but we'll be back with uh, We can maybe filter in some more questions tomorrow. We've got a lot of uh, episodes to go here in the off season. As we approach training camp, we've got a a ton of more guests here from the network to talk about their specific teams and their specific divisions, some fantasy football war rooms on quarterbacks and wide receiver positions coming into the 2022 season. So a lot to come here as we approach 2022. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure for your second listen, you're checking out everything else on the network. Your team is covered. Locked on Dynasty, hosted by my guy Matt Williamson here on the network. Talk to you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.